I think Shane Beamer's being really smart and crafty with some of the offensive staff moves he's making based on some of the reports that came out on Thursday. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also a staff writer for Gamecock Digest over on SI.com. Thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now as new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, as the days continue to pass here in the month of January, we're starting to get more and more breadcrumbs regarding what all Shane Beamer is doing with his coaching staff in the 2024 offseason. And Thursday might have been the most interesting day to date in terms of what's going on with that staff movement. As it has been reported by 24-7 Sports, Brandon Marcello, and some others that James Coley, who is reportedly expected to officially join South Carolina's staff at some point in the very near future, there's a board of trustees meeting, by the way, taking place later today that will likely finally address all of that. Coley is going to be hired, apparently, as South Carolina's wide receivers coach, which would mean that Justin Stepp would have to move to a different position. But... I think that these moves are quite savvy from Shane Beamer if it indeed ends up playing out in that manner. Why is it a smart move here? Well, there's one particular reason, and that is recruiting. Now, when we talk about recruiting, obviously you want to stack talent at every single position on your roster. But when it comes to positions where You've got to have studs. There's a certain group that exists on a football team where it's like you cannot have a bunch of misses. And those positions are quarterback, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, and cornerback in the defensive secondary. You cannot be missing at any of those spots. If you do for just a cycle or two, even though the transfer portal now exists and can help you offset some of those high school recruiting misses, it will eventually catch up to you for the most part. And I talked about James Coley earlier this week and how he is a man that is renowned on the recruiting trail. Again, he has been the primary recruiter for four five stars and 28 four stars throughout his coaching career. You don't see numbers like that very often with college football assistant coaches. And to top it all off, he has strong ties to the state of Florida. Why is that important? Well, we all know that the state of Florida has an abundance of high school football talent, particularly at the skill positions. So that includes wide receiver, for example. And we have to be brutally honest about this. When it comes to recruiting, the wide receiver position has been a spot for South Carolina over the past couple years that has lacked in that department. You look back at 2022, South Carolina did not land a single four-star recruit in that cycle. 
None of the signees from that class, by the way, are still on the roster. They have all left and moved on. South Carolina in that class missed out on Antonio Williams and Dan Key. In 2023, South Carolina, once again, did not land a single four-star. And they only had one freshman from that group of original four-star signees, not including Nicholas Harper, that played a notable amount of snaps in 2023. And that was Tyshawn Russell with 67. In that same cycle, South Carolina missed out on Jaden Greathouse from the state of Texas, a state that Justin Stepp had ties to because of a previous stop at SMU. And they missed out on Carmelo Taylor from the state of Virginia. But 2024, even though they finally did land a four-star signee here in Mazio Bennett, this might have been the worst class in terms of the amount of misses they had at this spot. Because South Carolina was in the game for Braylon Staley from the state of South Carolina, by the way. Jonathan Paler from the state of North Carolina. Keelan Adams from the state of Virginia. And Parker Livingston from the state of Texas. All those guys, four-star prospects, they didn't land any of them. Now, not all of these recruiting losses are solely on Justin Stepp. want to make that clear. There's been a confluence of factors regarding some of these recruitments um, that led to them going elsewhere. But considering the reputation that Coach Stepp had coming here in 2021, the amount of excitement that the fan base had regarding what he might be able to do with this position group, uh, quite frankly, it's been a disappointment, particularly when it comes to recruiting. So some people might be wondering, well, why is it that Coach Stepp, if he's done that bad in that department, why is it that he's being... Um, held on to? Why is it that he is being moved potentially to the tight end coaching position? Well, there's a couple things to consider here. One, coaching tight ends is viewed as one of the easier on-field assignments for a position coach. There's not really a whole lot that you have to do, I guess, in that area when it comes to teaching receiving skills and blocking skills. And you're working in conjunction a lot with the offensive line coach there as well. So tight end coaching, it's not necessarily quite as difficult as it is coaching wide receivers or coaching quarterbacks or coaching a defensive secondary. And here's the other thing. With everything that I've said to this point regarding Coach Justin Stepp and the recruiting misses that he has had at the wide receiver position over the past couple of years, there is one key component in recruiting that he does bring to the table. And that is strong connections to high school football coaches in the state of South Carolina. If you were to let him walk, if you were to tell him that he needs to go find another job, you would lose that. Now, yes, you would still have Shane Beamer leading the charge in that department in terms of putting your face out there and making sure you've got good relationships. Shane Beamer clearly and thankfully for South Carolina fans, he understands the importance of that a great deal. But... Shane Beamer, obviously, again, he's the head coach. So you would like to have an assistant coach on your staff that understands the importance of recruiting this state just as much as he does. And Coach Justin Stepp has been that guy on this staff for the past several years. So that's a good reason why you would probably want to hold on to him. So I haven't even touched the development side of things. Maybe I'll do that for another show at the wide receiver position in particular. But 
That's why I think that this makes a lot of sense on all fronts. James Coley, you get to put his recruiting prowess at one of the most important positions on this roster and a position that you have struggled to recruit at over the past couple years. And Coach Justin Stepp, look, you give him a little bit more leeway, but you're basically moving him to the tight end coaching position, which again is not as complex as it is maybe coaching wide receivers. And you hold on to those important recruiting ties for the state of South Carolina. So again, should it play out this way? I think that Shane Beamer is making very savvy moves at those two coaching spots. Now, South Carolina, they could end up having a reunion with a player that actually left them just one offseason ago. We'll talk about who that player is and why, if he wants to come back, he should be welcomed back by the fan base in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, the NFL regular season has officially wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Talked about this game already, but I'm going to bring it up again. The Cleveland Browns are taking on the Houston Texans on Saturday afternoon. It's the first wild card game taking place this weekend here in the NFL. The spread is two and a half points in favor of the Browns. But the records show that maybe you should give thought to putting some money down on the Houston Texans because the Browns, they're two and two in one score games on the road this season. The Texans, conversely, are 4-1 and one in one-score games in their home stadium. So, whether you want to check out this game or any other NFL playoff games, the FanDuel app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And again, as always, I really appreciate each and every one of you every dares who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily watch on YouTube or your daily listen wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Now, per a Thursday report from Hale McGranahan of TheBigSpurt.com, there is a possibility that former Gamecock defensive end Gilbert Edmond could come back to Columbia this offseason. And if that is indeed the case, South Carolina fans should welcome Gilbert Edmond with open arms. Now, got a couple quick reasons why I think that should be the reception Gilbert Edmond gets if he indeed wants to return. One, to go back and talk about some of these portal departures, I know that the way some of these departures have gone down have left a very sour taste in Gamecock fans' mouths. Besides the fact that guys are basically deciding that they'd be better off going elsewhere, the way in which some of these guys have left South Carolina's football program, it hasn't been probably the smartest way to go about it. In essence, some guys have probably indeed burned some bridges with maybe certain coaches, maybe their teammates, or maybe, you know, worst of all, head coach Shane Beamer. Definitely the last person you want to burn bridges with. But Gilbert Edmond, as far as I know, 
That was not how things played out when he left South Carolina in the 2022 offseason. I don't think that that relationship ended on bad terms. He went back to his home state in the state of Florida, and it's been said that apparently Florida State was at the very least a team that he grew up watching uh, when he was playing football. So you could see maybe why, you know, if he had the opportunity to go back to his home state and play for a team that he watched growing up, why he would want to do that. And he dang near, if it weren't for maybe the college football playoff committee, he would have been contending for a national title earlier this month, but it didn't work out that way. And for Gilbert, when you look at the stats, admittedly, it doesn't seem like that he was able to carve out quite the role that he had with South Carolina with the Seminoles back in 2023. So if he didn't leave on bad terms, I don't think there's any reason to hold any ill will towards him if he wants to return. And the other thing is this, we talk about how you can never have too much depth at certain positions and defensive line, and particularly the edge rusher position, the position Gilbert Edmond played for the most part when he was here, that's definitely included in that group. Now, Edmond probably would not be promised a starting job, which, I mean, he shouldn't, quite frankly, leaving South Carolina's football team already. And the Gamecocks, they are bringing in some guys and have some young players on this roster that, quite frankly, should push Gilbert Edmond for playing time if he were to come back. But... Gilbert Edmond has proven that he can help South Carolina's defense, and most importantly, he knows this defense. He's played in this defense, and he's played for these coaches. Sterling Lucas at the defensive end slash edge rusher position, and defensive coordinator Clayton White. So, he's already got a possible existing relationship with some of the coaches that are still on staff here in Columbia, and again... He has proven he could be productive here. He had nine tackles for loss and two sacks in 2022. And I can recall that when he left, a lot of Gamecock fans, they weren't thrilled about it. Again, besides the simple fact that he was leaving South Carolina's football program, you know, Gilbert Edmond, he had really been a bright spot for the defensive side of the ball in that season because of some of the things that had happened there. Also, one other interesting note to add here before we move on to the final portion of today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, I went and looked back at Gilbert Edmonds' South Carolina player profile because I was trying to look up the stats for this segment, and I saw that it has been updated with the 2023 stats that he had at Florida State. Now again, this is his player profile from the 2022 season, but I find it pretty interesting that his stats for Florida State have now been plugged in there, almost like he's officially part of the football team once again. Now, again, this hasn't been made official yet, but the point here is I keep an eye out on Gilbert Edmond and what could go down here between him and South Carolina over the coming days. Now, in just a couple moments, we'll be switching gears and talking about South Carolina's women's basketball team and why you should probably be a bit concerned about the way they have played over the past couple of games. We'll touch on all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by Game Time. Speaking of South Carolina's women's basketball team, they're going to be playing once again this coming Monday night against the Kentucky Wildcats right here in Columbia at the Colonial Life Arena. And... Ticket prices right now looking pretty good. If you're looking for a really good deal, you get a lower bowl seat in section 106 
for $65 a piece, depending on how many tickets you buy. Or, if you're looking to save a little bit of money, you could also get tickets in the upper bowl in Section 209 for $6 each. Either way, you're going to be able to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. All you got to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, that's Locked On, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. Now, I know what some of y'all are probably thinking already. Andrew, you're going to nitpick Saffron's women's basketball team once again. It seems like that that's all you do on this podcast. And I want to make something abundantly clear. I'm not trying to nitpick, but again... It wouldn't really give y'all any analysis if I were to come on here and basically just continue to talk about these 30-point, 40-point victories that South Carolina is getting. And the thing is, over the past couple of games, South Carolina, they have not just been thoroughly dismantling their opponents like we're used to seeing. Matter of fact, right now, I think it's fair to say that South Carolina's women's basketball team is lacking the knockout punch. It kind of feels like they're more so getting by than actually, again, thoroughly dismantling some of the teams that they are facing. And they've been facing teams so far in conference play in Florida, Mississippi State, and Missouri. They're nowhere near on their level. If it was against an LSU or Ole Miss, I would somewhat understand it. But you're facing, at the best, maybe slightly above middle-of-the-pack teams in the SEC right now. And South Carolina, while every so often you can understand they're going to have maybe a sloppy outing, it's now happened consecutive times against teams that just don't match up with them that well. South Carolina, when they played Mississippi State this past weekend, they were only up 10 points with 244 left in the third quarter. In essence, they had not put the game out of reach three quarters of the way into the basketball game. And we saw the same thing again on Thursday night against the Missouri Tigers. Because the Gamecocks, they were only up 5 points against Missouri with 441 left in the third quarter. Last year's team, even though obviously it's very different from this year's team, the one thing that we can say is usually a couple minutes into the third quarter of most games in the 2022-23 through season, South Carolina's women's basketball team pretty much pulled away at that point in time. The past couple games, we're not seeing that from this team. This team is now going into conference play. They are playing teams that obviously are a good amount better than some of the non-conference teams that they played earlier in the season, but they are struggling to put teams away. And again, I know what you're thinking. Andrew, they're winning these games by 19, 20 plus points still. Why are you making this such a big deal? Well, as I've talked about before, when you're winning, you're willing to tolerate this kind of stuff because at the end of the day, South Carolina is not losing these games. They're still undefeated. They're still number one in the country. And so the assumption's just being made that things are going to continue to go well here. But eventually, South Carolina is going to face teams that um, can actually beat them, can actually match up with them quite well. A team like a UConn, 
They'll be playing in the Colonial Life Arena in February. They'll be playing against LSU, I believe now less than two weeks from today. On the road, by the way. Those are the kind of teams that you got to beat in March if you want to win a national championship, which is the expectation, quite frankly, for this basketball program. And so, if you cannot completely obliterate, in this case, some teams that, again, on paper, there's no reason for them to be making the game this close, this late into the contest, then what's going to happen when you face teams that actually have enough talent to knock you off? If the same kind of play continues, eventually, they're going to drop a couple games. And guess what? If they drop a couple games, then what I talked about, I'm pretty sure this past week, with UCLA and how they could actually stand in the way of them getting the number one overall seed, that whole scenario all of a sudden could unfold right in front of our very eyes. So, I say all that to say, look, I get it. The Gamecocks, they're still winning. And yes, they are at least getting things done in the fourth quarter to prevent these teams from actually making things interesting down the stretch. But... They are lacking the knockout punch right now. And if they don't find that very soon, it will eventually catch up to them against the teams that they will, again, be facing when we get to March. So, with that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are y'all's thoughts on the kind of moves that Shane Beamer seems to be making on the offensive side of the ball regarding his staff? What are your thoughts on Gilbert Edmond possibly coming back to join the Gamecocks football program once again? And lastly, what is your opinion on the Gamecocks women's basketball team and their recent performances? Do you think I'm just making a mountain out of a molehill here or... Do you think that there's something to this, that maybe they are lacking the knockout punch right now? No matter what your thoughts are, let me know down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube, or you can shoot me a direct message on X at a line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But as always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Friday and a fantastic weekend, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast.